Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Well, hello, Dumpty Dummers everywhere. Nicholas Barnes from Vitel here. We're the company that provides, for absolutely no recompense at all, the telephone number you can call in and leave a message on. I just wanted to share with you a new feature we've added. You can now use the same telephone number to record a Dumpty Dum for the beginning of the show. It's clever, it's cool, and all the hip kids are doing it. Simply call <laughs> 0203 031 3105 and follow the prompts. You'll hear my dulcet tones guiding you through the whole thing. And when it comes to record the Dumpty Dum, you'll hear it in your ear while you're singing, humming, instrumenting, or, well, however you're performing it yourself. It's that easy. Oh, and it can be anonymous too. Nobody has to know it's you. Go on, give it a try. 0203 031 3105. Yay! This podcast is a Royfield Brown production. Find others on iTunes. All right. Yeah, I know. Mitbürgerinnen und Mitbürger, heute Abend stehen wir nicht nur am Beginn eines neuen Jahres, sondern auch eines neuen Jahrzehnts. Ich bin überzeugt, wir haben gute Gründe, zuversichtlich zu sein. Gluten Talk. Everybody here at Dempty Dem Towers would like to apologize, but especially Roy Field, for the faux pas on last week's otherwise exemplary episode of Dempty Dem. For some reason, he decided to belt out a line of the German national anthem that has been banned since 1952. We don't know what happened the idiot, so we'd like to apologize to all of our German listeners for this international incident of humongous proportions. Whilst we can't promise that Royfield will not do something as idiotic again, we can assure you that at least he is now up to etiquette when it comes to singing the German national anthem. Alf Wittenstein. This is the Lancaster Thursday Gregson session. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Folks, this is Dumpty Dum, <laughs> the show about the reality ducky drama that has centred an hammerage in the heart of the Midlands. I'm the typographical treatment. That is Roy Ford Brown. And with me, I have the bloody great B that is... 
Lucy Freeman. And the last part of the storyline that's going nowhere, folks, is you. Now, this week's Dum De Dum was from Fiona Frank. Um, somewhat apt that her surname is, is Frank, considering that there's a very German theme to this week's episode. And I know you're thinking, no. Frank, that means France. But the Franks were actually a Germanic tribe from proto-Germany. So, very apt. Um, now, um, I've got to apologise to Fiona because that wonderful dum-de-dum was sent in last September. Thank you for reminding me that I hadn't used it and it was bloody brilliant. It was recorded at the Gregson Centre in Lancaster and it was recorded on the 26th of September with Andy on mandolin, Ooh. Bob on whistle, Ooh. Slan on accordion, right. Jude, Jan and Phil what on up? fiddle, Siobhan on flute, ah. Francis on concertina and Fiona on melodeon. It was absolutely amazing. It was. It was Thank you. too good for this ramshackle podcast. It you was. Know. But, I think we've peaked. We'll, we'll just go over. <laughs> but there's going to be plug. It's all over. This episode um, is not only a, an apology to the whole German nation, but it's going to be a very musical one. Uh, there is many, many, many other bits of musical goodness coming your way in this episode of the Dumpty Dums. But first, before we uh, get on to the music, our oh, Lucy, if somebody else would like to sing, it's a Dumpty Dum, a Dumpty Dum. <laughs> A dumpty dum. How can they do that? Um, just a quick reminder before we go on to that, you need to keep May the 16th free, please, chaps, mm. for Dumpty Dum Live in London at King's Place and also for drinks in London on April the 2nd. And there are also rumours of a meetup in Yorkshire. Um, uh, can I just quickly, you... I need to quickly jump yes. in. The rumours about the meetup in Yorkshire, I've completely mislaid. Uh, where you sent me that message, Yorkshire person. <laughs> Lucy, we have too many ways for people to, to contact us. I know, us. I know. It was, I don't know, I tried to look on Twitter, I looked on my personal Twitter, I looked on the Flick app message, messages, and I also looked on Facebook. I looked on my message box on the website, on dumdydum.com. Um, please email me at royfield at gmail.com so I actually have your name, but... It's a new uh, listener, an uncaller uh and she messaged me and said, I'm in Yorkshire, I would like to organise a Dumpty Dum, I don't know how it's done, how is this done? And I cannot, I cannot find your message. So there you go, I've said it out on air, um, email me and we'll get it all sorted. But if you are in Yorkshire... Um, Get all excited. It's going to happen soon. Sorry, as you were, it's in red, Lucy. Um, if you would like to sing us a Dumpty Dum or leave us a plot prediction, then call us on 0203-031-3105 or leave us a message on SpeakPipe. And thank you so much to Nicholas for providing um, it, as he said, completely free of any recompense he doesn't even add a dumpty dum mug um <laughs> but he provides a bloody marvelous service mm -hmm. so thank you very much nicholas thank you so nicholas much appreciate it uh thank you also to cosmo for his podcast roundup Yay. to mike hatton for his character counts Ooh. uh shambridge for apologizing to the entire german nation and to derek below in the back bedroom <laughs> um derek has been following the coronavirus advice he doesn't often wash his hands 
uh, as he believes that's what gives him his unique pheromone signature. Uh, but he has been practicing <laughs> self-isolation for years, to be honest. And he always wears a mask anyway. Admittedly, though, it is a mask he got from Leicester Square and it's of the late Queen Mother. Oh, <laughs> probably won't provide that much protection. But masks don't, though, do they? Ball no. accounts, yeah. Anyway, on this week's episode... We hear views from Merlin, Young Keith, Iris, Babs and Trev. They're back. Margot, Witherspoon, Alpine, Joe and Emily. But first, before all that good stuff, it's our Lucy and our week in Ambridge. Apparently the fact that Linda's stupid decision to do a stupid thing and tie herself to the stupid pub didn't make the Westbury Courier. Not because it was stupid, but because it was mainstream media censorship, according to Kate, naturally. Oh, I bet Kate's got views on coronavirus and I'm so glad we don't have to hear them. And chemtrails. Anyway, Kate big Linda up as if she was a cross between Joan of Arc and Gandhi and Linda only sounded faintly uncomfortable about it. Lexi mm. is apparently using everything she learned from Gay Grables by managing a country house hotel close to her home in Bulgaria. Oh yes, it was very good training for me at Gay Grables. I know every room needs a ferret. You run illegal casino in the back room and the whole thing is run by a very, very old man and a lady who is invisible and never say anything. Talking of Gay Grables, <laughs> Linda accosted Freddie leaving the loo. It was just a number one, Linda, and I washed my hands. God, you're not even my real mum. Kate told Alice that she wasn't preggers. Oh. I failed all my tests. I only got a C minus on sperm. She then got a bit <laughs> impassioned and said, I am a mother. Yes, you are a mother, Kate, in the same way I am a marathon runner. It's a nice idea, but I lack the basic qualifications of actually wanting to do the work. Oh, babies, she said. I love that time so much when they think you're infallible and they're entirely under your control before they start arguing back and they can see your faults. Then the only thing you can do is take a deep breath, smile and leave the country. Johnny has decided he isn't going to take any more hair drugs. He's going to get hair plug implants instead. Mm. He's going to ask Freddy to get the sweepings from the stables and stick them on with copy decks. If they get in his eyes, Shula can plait them with dressage ribbon. <laughs> Freddy said that was a waste of time. And all he needed to do was go to the barbers and ask for a number two. But only if they've got a decent bathroom. <laughs> Freddy is going to move in with Johnny and Hannah. Lordy, it'll be like Man About the House, but with Hannah as Richard O'Sullivan. She'll be popping in and out of people's rooms in a half-open dressing gown. There'll be hilarity over showers. <laughs> and if she doesn't end up lowering Freddie's Loxley's, I will be most surprised. Yay. Roman is going through a dry patch, which is a nice change as Tracy normally makes him sleep in the wet <laughs> one. <laughs> He appears to be having a midlife career crisis. He's at that awkward stage of too old to be Justin Timberlake and not old enough to be Justin Elliott, or what's known as <laughs> most of your life if you're not an actor. He turned up on Tracy's doorstep hoping for a bit of a therapy session, but she wisely wouldn't let him across the threshold. It wasn't because of the children. It was because she'd been depilating her legs while she watched Homes Under the Hammer and the sitting room looked like there was a Yeti on the sofa. <laughs> she diverted him to the pub. Look, she said, nudging him as Adam and Ian wandered past. That's our local gay couple. We had a lesbian too, but someone left the gate open and she wandered off. <laughs> She's microchipped though. 
so we're hoping someone might bring her back. Edgley don't have a gay couple, but they have identical twins. And little Croxy's got a man who's got his nose pierced. We had a flattened peacock too. Shame you weren't here last month. Tracy then fell victim to whatever it is in the water that makes in Ambridge that makes perfectly sane people turn to Helen Archer for advice. It's like asking Katie Price for etiquette lessons. Anyway, she was worried about Brad and Chelsea meeting Roman as they'd apparently quite liked her previous relationship, a limo driver she'd met on a friend's Hindu. Well, I say relationship. She got her bride squad bustier trapped in his tinted window and had to jog alongside her as he went across the bypass. But for Tracy, that practically counts as a life partner. The Fat Animals of Ambridge campaign continues. Lillian and Justin are making Aziz and Amir run up and down the stairs, get off the boss's stop earlier and go carb-free, which is tricky if you're a horse. As a result, they're grumpy, their breath stinks, and they keep crying at Special K adverts. Aziz <laughs> had lost 13 kilograms and he was feeling quite chuffed and was thinking he might be able to risk his skinnies again until Yakult pointed out that 13 kilograms for a horse is basically a big poo. <laughs> Talking of big poos... Shula remembered she wanted to be a vicar. The diocesan panel accepted her, apparently. Now she has to go and spend the weekend with a bishop. Who knew? In a slightly more unorthodox rite, little Xander had his naming ceremony. Half the village pitched up at Gay Grables, which Kate had prepared by sage smudging, wafting patchouli everywhere, and setting the curtains on fire with sacred candles. Mm. Debbie sent a video message. Unfortunately, it was about the arable yield in Hungary, but it's the thought that counts. <laughs> Kate issued some startling promises for poor old Xander, who might not want his soul burnished and may well turn out to be happy with a Peter Rabbit mug and a Waterstones voucher. <laughs> the pancake race was held at the Batam Bridge and the huge attendance of sound effects was put down to Lillian as being due to the typographical treatment of the letter B and by the rest of us to unlimited Nutella. Mm. James and Leone, or J. Leo, as I like to to think of them, left their firstborn <laughs> with Granny Lindy Bottom and Grandad Robert. As Mungo was completely silent, and also I don't care very much about him, I completely lost track of how old he was, <laughs> so I tried to work it out by his behaviour, but I couldn't. He was walking. Oliver described him as lively. He threw things and got bored at a country park, so that means he could be anything between one and 24. Mm. And in news from the 19th century, Oliver was worried as Roman was seen conversing with another young lady whilst walking out with Tracy, as he put it. He sent his footman with a letter to her. My dear Miss Horribin, I feel I must share with you the unpleasant news that your beloved may not be all he seems. He was with another gentlewoman who is entirely unknown to me, and I distinctly saw him in the car park fiddling around with her Volvo. My best <laughs> regards to your dear Fanny, Olivia St Olive Sterling. <laughs> Uh, Yakult and Kate are back together again and there was a nauseating rapprochement. Now that was one scene I could have done with just hearing about third hand. But no, of course, we had to be there for the coy giggling and the play fighting. Although there was a mystifying bit in which Kate seemed surprised that Yakult didn't keep his knives and his socks in the same place. Haven't we all got a knife and sock drawer? You know, <laughs> next to the cupboard with the mugs and guns in. Over at Brookfield... <laughs> Sad times for poor old Hector the Bull. He's oh. got sluggish sperm. I hope we won't have to put him down, said Ruth. Blimey, that's hardcore. If I was David, that'd be a bit of a wake-up call. If he nods <laughs> off on the job, he'll find Ruth hovering above him, syringe in hand, saying, Come on, old fella, your time's up. The end. <laughs> well done, you. Well done, you. You've done a lot of monologues in the last couple of days, haven't you? I had, you know, I'm absolutely exhausted. <laughs> So first off, um, you need to give us um, a reprise 
not of the whole monologue, but of your Saturday evening. What did you do? Where were you? Uh, I was at the Academic Archers uh, in Reading, um, which also coincided with the f- with the, f- <laughs> the first. <laughs> Uh, the latest uh, reported incidence of coronavirus was in Reading at the same time as the Academic Archers. So I do hope it didn't bring you with us. Um, it was absolutely splendid. There were some marvellous people. And I would like to say thank you very much to Michael Rowan, who, Rowan, who mm-hmm. um, whether he appointed himself or whether they appointed him, I don't know. But he decided he was artist liaison, as he put it, uh, which meant he kept <laughs> getting me cups of tea. Uh, ushering me to the lavatory and back again and was absolutely marvellous and, uh, and if he's available for, as a full-time employee I will willingly take him on um, and we had very nice dinner mm-hmm. and then I did a bit of a roundup of the year in Ambridge at the end and I think that's going out as is that going out to our Patreons? It will. It will thing? go out to our Patreons because um, they've had precious little from us for about three months we are working on things, but you'll get that this week. So if you give us shilling, some shekel, moolah, some dosh, specifically for this dum dum enterprise, you are going to get Lucy's week, month, year in Ambridge this week. Mm. So, And um, also a very, very, very special thing yeah. from me and Harriet, which oh. not even Royfield knows about yet. It's that that special crumbs excitement abounds um just whilst i'm thinking about it folks uh youtube our lucy's weeks in ambridge are also on youtube so if you haven't done so already go on to youtube.com and <laughs> uh, type in lucy's week in ambridge and subscribe we need to get to a thousand subscribers and we're at 470 something or another at the moment. So we're almost halfway there. But it's very important that we get to a thousand. So chop, chop, get on there, get subscribing and hit the little bell notification, which is top right, which then means that your computer type thing or even your phone will uh, alert you when there's a new week in Ambridge on YouTube. And uh, there's also other dum de dum content there besides. So, mm. uh, Luce, I'm not going to prattle through my notes to try and fill out this episode because there's no need for any filler. This episode is all killer. Hello, Ambridge3962. This person has been lost to the vagaries of Royfield's fuck-ups for the last two weeks. It's Witherspoon. Greetings, Lucy, Royfield, Millie Bell, Yoko Bear, and all Dumpty Dummers around the world. It's Witherspoon and Angus Haggis here. First off, no hard feelings about being left off the podcast two weeks ago. I could never have any hard feelings about our esteemed hosts. Speaking of hard feelings, I definitely think that Yokult irons his boxers. Yeah. A man with an obsessive compulsive personality such as Ambridge's mm-hmm. junior vet would need everything neat and orderly, whether seen or unseen. Thank you. Next on the agenda, handsome husband and I went to see the new film version of Emma. Boy, was I disappointed. I thought I was going to see a spin-off of our favorite docudrama. 
but instead I got an early 19th century rom-com. The big similarity between the Archers and Emma was the always maddening cross-communication wires between members of an extended family in an English village. But Jane Austen's stories have it all over the Archers in their consistency of character behavior, unlike the residents of Ambridge, whose abrupt reverses can give me whiplash. Speaking of abrupt turns of behavior, let's talk about Ben. There we were, singing his praises last week, but this week he was acting like an an obnoxious teenager with his brother, toward whom I actually felt sympathy. But guess what? Ben is a teenager, and abrupt turns of behavior are not unexpected, so he is forgiven. Finally, a shout-out to caller-innerers Merlin and Margot, who both currently live in the state of New Jersey. While I reside in the upper-lower east-west side of Manhattan, I have worked in (laughs) Summit, New Jersey, for the past 31 years. I sense that Merlin lives in Princeton and Margot in Morristown, but I could be very wrong. Please join us for our next New York City get-together, and talk to everyone soon. Greetings, Lucy Royfield, Millie Bell, Yoko Bear, and all Dumpty Dumbers around the world. It's Witherspoon here, without Angus Haggis, as I'm in Delray Beach, Florida, for a few days. It's a bit chillier than normal, but very, very sunny. As I'm lying down on a lounge chair, this caller in is going to be a bit laid back and none too serious. So, I have to tell you of a Dumpty Dum coincidence. Sadly, just a few miles from here, Cy Sperling died last week. My non-American Dumpty Dum friends are probably asking, who the hell is Cy Sperling? But the American listeners of a certain vintage are saying, that name sounds very familiar. Perhaps if I uttered this famous catchphrase, I'm not only the president of the hair club, I'm also a client. You would remember in an instant, Mr. Sperling, who was the founder of Hair Club for Men, the king of late night ads and infomercials in the 1980s, and spoofed by famous comedians and common folk alike, booked an appointment for the big hair salon in the sky at the age of 78. That brings us back to Johnny. As was pointed out last week by our hosts, his worries about his hair loss are most likely greatly exaggerated and reflect a more general body dysmorphia. Perhaps he has other OCD symptoms as well. And why didn't he go to his physician first for possible medication? Well, does anyone go to a doctor in Ambridge? Are there any left in the area? A workup for reasons other than male pattern baldness would include consideration of hypothyroidism, diabetes and other autoimmune diseases, vitamin deficiencies, infections, and psychiatric illnesses. Maybe he has undiagnosed trichotillomania. Just a thought. Talk to you soon, and remember to wash your hands. (laughs) (laughs) Don't you start. Blimey. Um... That body dysmorphia thing is very interesting because Helen had anorexia. Johnny mm. has, which is a form of body dysmorphia. Johnny has um, whatever it is he's got. He's just got a very negative attitude about himself generally. Mm. But did Helen ever get any counselling for her anorexia? Or did was that just another, you know, two-week crack addiction sort of thing? You know what? She didn't, did she? No, it just went. Or oh, but when because when she was getting stressed with Rob, she st- she started messing around with her eating again, didn't she? Yes. Mm. So it's sort of something that surfaces when she feels out of control. I think 
it was even wasn't that the point where Witherspoon said that she needed counselling? Mm. I've got a sneaky feeling uh, that's yeah, and that was the whole thing about nobody in Ambridge gets counselling. Could be wrong, but no, she didn't get any help. It just went away, didn't it? Mm. Yeah, because I was thinking if she'd had counselling. Johnny would be the ideal person to go and she would be the ideal person. In, in, you know, in this, in yes, yeah. no other instance, she actually would be a good person for him to talk to <laughs> as opposed to <clears throat> everybody else when it's an absolute sodding disaster. But on that occasion, that would be relevant. But of course, she didn't have counselling, so <coughs> it wouldn't, there's no point. Mm. No. Yeah. And um, just quick note, to Witherspoon's uh, call there. The reason why it was super long is because that was last week's and this week's. <laughs> there you go. All right. Sorry, Mr. Spoon. Um, yes. Hair loss dealt with other bits and pieces. Um, nice to have you back on the podcast, sir. It's all Lucy's fault. All Lucy's fault. If you, if you don't <laughs> hear yourself on the show, just blame Lucy. All right. Uh, sh- should we move on? Yeah. Hello, Lucy, Royfield, and all the other Dumpty Dumbers all over the world. It's Margot from the Garden State. I had doubts about Kate's naming ceremony for little Xander, but I have to say, I really loved it. I'm not religious, but I felt tremendous pressure from my family to baptize my own daughters. I feel like a ceremony like Kate's would have been something that I would have loved to have done for my own children. And I thought that Ian and Adam's gesture of making Kate a guide parent was beautiful. I will say that I did feel bad for Kate after inwardly screaming about her becoming a mother again for this last storyline. But although she is misguided in her parenting skills, Kate loves being pregnant. I don't know why, but she does. And she loves all of those early stages of childhood. I'm sure many parents feel the same. Jakob's declaration of love to Kate was also amazing. They are complete opposites, but maybe this will be the time for Kate And she will be able to have a long-term relationship that won't result in her running to another continent. As for Kate's ex, Roy Tucker, maybe he needs some excitement and he should just pack it in and go to Bulgaria and be with Lexi. After all, since all the other Tuckers are gone out of Ambridge and we don't hear from Abby, would it actually be the worst thing? Finally, the knee at Ambridge took yet another turn with Linda finally sinking lower than just handcuffing a wax figure to a sign. She has kept Mungo away from his other grandmother. I have to say, Linda, this does not look good on you. I hope all of you have a wonderful week and enjoy this week's episodes. Bye. Uh, Luce, the whole Mm. Lillian and Linda thing, Mm. right? Was it really fair for Lillian to give it to Linda the way that she did about old Mungo? Well, God, I've been mulling over this. Um, Somebody on Twitter, I think it was little Kim, Mm. said... How come the women always get the blame for this, for this sort of thing, and when the the men are just able to ab- abdicate responsibility completely? There is if if uh, James was in the village, he should have let his mother know he was coming. He should have told her when he was coming. He should have told her what the access arrangements, what the visiting arrangements were going to be. So maybe Linda has Mungo in the morning and she has Mungo in the afternoon. And there's no way he would have just believed Linda, that, or he shouldn't have just believed Linda that um, Lillian was too busy with the beer at Ambridge to, um, to 
uh, take care of, of Mungo or even see him. Uh, it was interesting that um, Witherspoon was was uh, talking about Emma, um, the film Emma or the book Emma, because um, the line in, 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 in Emma that everybody sort of, uh, remembers is badly done Emma badly done and that was badly done by Linda she should ne- whatever, regardless of what, what James she knows James is a useless lump um, but she should not have said she should not have lied and said no Lillian is too busy with the beer Ambridge that was really poor and Robert uh, you know Robert clearly felt uneasy, embarrassed yeah. uh, uneasy but this is Robert's. This is Robert's daughter, right? Mm. So why was anybody talking to Linda? Why were they not talking to Robert? Why is it always the women that have to make the sodding domestic arrangements? Fair point. It drives and me I, mad. I, why are the women in charge of all the bloody communication? It absolutely drives me absolutely, absolutely, absolutely nuts. Yeah. Whilst that is true. Lillian did say in that exchange, or she said it to Jolene, that she hasn't been the best mother and she's trying to make up for it now. One of the key drivers of that whole exchange between uh, Lillian and Linda is the fact that Lillian feels guilty for being that absent parent, absent emotionally and physically when yeah. her son was growing up. Yeah. and But that's so, between but, Lily and her son. Yes, it's no, bugger com- all to do with Linda. E- exactly. But she can't take it out on her son, the fact that she now feels no. marginalised in this yeah. way. She can only take it out on a bet noir, which is yeah. Linda. But Linda, three quarters of that whole exchange, Linda was just collateral damage. Really, she was upset with her son. And upset with herself. Mm. However, yeah. Linda was a convenient excuse. And then Linda said, "Well, yeah, no, well, yeah." Linda did actually then lie to make to make things even even yeah. worse. But Lillian yeah. is walking around with a whole set of guilt and neuroses yeah. to do with her yeah. relationship with James. Hence, yeah. you know the the whole false uh, bonhomie that they share when she comes because she says. I was actually not a good mother. Mm. Hence, I'm trying to be a better grandmother. So she's on edge yeah. anyway. And then there you go. Uh, the head of the the, the Rebels uh, is wandering around, lording it with a grandson, and she just lost mm. her shit. But I, <clears throat> I don't like this Linda. I don't like this side of her. The trouble is, Linda has... She's always got, she's always had before, apart from the bypass, she has always had a positive campaign to get behind. What When she's at her best is when she's got something positive to make or achieve or say or whatever. This campaign that she's orchestrating against the bee is is entirely negative it is petty it is negative it is pointless and it is a waste of her intellect she's got a job that doesn't nowhere near taxes her um brain enough does not keep her brain busy enough so she just gets like this this uh, sort of backup of nervous bitter energy and that's when it sort of goes a bit 
rank and starts being really unpleasant, which is what she's being to to Lillian. Um, and she really needs something positive to be involved in, something where she's, rather than stopping something, she's starting something. That's when she's happy. This is just... This is just a rotten campaign. It's a rotten storyline and it's bringing out rotten side of Linda that we don't like. Well, I don't anyway. Mm. Uh, Amen to that, by the way. The the other thing where I feel this is inconsistent to the historical Linda is Linda is always the person that actually you can confide in and completely has a very human and vulnerable side and has great empathy. You get Mm. Linda, the public-facing Linda, who is a school mom, and basically, uh, you know, gently bullies everybody, but but fundamentally because she wants to do good. But I I know I refer to this at least once a year or so on Dum De Dum. But the Kathy and the rape storyline, Kathy, mm. mm. it Kathy didn't turn to Linda. She broke down in front of Linda, and that's when you saw what a wonderfully warm person Linda actually was. And in this regard, I actually thought that this was not my Linda Snell as well. That Mm -hmm. whole exchange, she isn't snotty when it comes to somebody who is obviously hurt emotionally. That's Mm -hmm. when you get the the full 3D character of Linda. Mm -hmm. She has a massive heart. Yeah. You know, but yeah, couldn't agree with you more. Couldn't agree with you more. Um, should we do Babs and Trev? Yes. Hello, Royfield, Lucy, and all Dumpty Dummers around the world. Babs and Trev here. Before we start, Trev, I think you have a correction for Royfield. Uh oh. <laughs> yes. Last time we called, Royfield assumed that I was of Jamaican stock when in fact my folks are from St. Lucia. Oh, small. Where they have a French rather than an English patois. Mm. Sorry, Royfield. More of that another time, perhaps. Another great Tracyism from me this week. When Roman said, you're right, Tracy, she responded with, I usually am. Better get used to it. Go, Tracy. Say it as it is. Well, I hope she's <laughs> right about Roman's flirting and dismissing Oliver's fears. Brave of him to have mentioned it, I thought. So we've all had a good old moan, and quite rightly so, about the ridiculous Bull Extinction Rebellion campaign. But this week, some of the writing made me quite emotional, actually. Really? Babs, like what? Well, quite a few things, actually. So, for example, Kate talking to Alice about wanting to be a mother again. And then later, the reunion with Jacob in the yurt. Jim's conversation with Alistair, Jazza and Shula. And Shula asking Jim, could she give him a hug? And finally, Kirsty and Phil asking Roy to be their best man was really sweet. You also liked Kate's speech at the naming ceremony, didn't you? I did. I thought it all went well and I felt that actually Kate's sentiment was genuine. I like the idea of having guide parents. Yeah, me too. I've got to say, though, I am bemused by the whole Kate Yackle loving. It just doesn't make sense. When does love ever make sense, Trev? True that, Babs. (laughs) My final thought is about the war of words between Lillian and Linda, moving up to DEFCON 1. Very entertaining. I can hardly wait to hear how Lillian will retaliate after Mongo Gate. Well, that's all from us. Love and hugs to all. Bye. You can tell 
Um, in terms of, you know, there were so many little soft moments in in Ambridge last week. You can tell that it was a, mm. a Kerry a Kerry week. Kerry week. Yeah. yeah. It was just... He completely, he floored me twice. I actually tweeted him. Uh, the, the Jim and the Alistair and Jazza bit. Mm. I was, I'm going to go again. This is ridiculous. When Jazza said, Ma, make Jim change the world or something. <laughs> he changed the world. Yeah. And... And then when when uh, Jim sort of uh, Jim and Shula prop you know he properly apologised and said I was I can't remember what word he used but it was it was a very well cho- of course very well chosen word um, to describe his behaviour to her and uh, you know and that she'd she'd exercised sort of true true spirit of Christianity or the true spirit of of, of humanity mm. which is to to keep being nice to Jim in the face of his, yeah. you know, unpleasant behaviour and uh, and remain supportive and, you know, genuinely care about him and show genuine empathy and everything. And as much as uh, we like to uh, moan about Shula, at heart we know she is or tries to be a good person. Mm. And that was the genuine moment when there were, you, you could see the good in her. She did She did handle that extremely extremely well she did um a slight little bit of salt uh i'm going to throw at the end of the gym storyline it was so obvious that it was being wrapped up you know there were yeah no there's a hug with uh, jim and shawler as you've just said yeah. there was the the three-way conversation between alistair jazza and jim it was like this is the end this is the end this is the end and i appreciate mm-hmm. So the reason why I'm somewhat slightly confused about this, because it was so obviously wrapping this up in a bow, it's done. Mm. And I think the whole point of the Jim storyline is, well, there's, there's more than one point. That Number one, um, abuse and the effects of abuse didn't just start in the 1970s. So then you have, uh, you know, people who are relatively young, Um, suffering with the aftermath that actually this has been going on for eons and people just swept it underneath the carpet that's the one thing and then it's also to show us that yes it has affected Jim throughout his life and his relationships with his loved ones but Jim is not allowing it to define the rest of his life Mm. that's the whole point so in that way you do need it to be wrapped up in a bow because Jim yep. can just be Jim afterwards, yep. you know. Yep. But as much as I enjoyed all of those interactions, I did think it was so obviously being yep. signposted that this is the end and Jim is just going to be Jim. It was interesting, though, that it, it happened on the week that Harvey Weinstein was sent to prison. Hmm. When there was a kind of a... There was an end to that storyline as well, you know, where... People had been vindicated in what they'd been saying. And then on the archers, it's the same thing. He's found guilty. Other people get to know um, that, you know, Jason had 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 other victims. His grave was desecrated. He was no longer kind of um, held up in the regard that he was. And, uh, you know, it was, I don't know. I just thought the timing of it was quite interesting. I think if, if I've learned anything from the Harvey Weinstein fallout is just that our expectations of the victims of abuse isn't that they should 
act in a way that we um, we see as being correct. That um, necessarily that they that they scream and shout at that time and then righteously go off to the authorities and say that this mm. has happened. Mm. There are so many other things that that poor yeah. person has been s- yeah. subject yeah. to, you know. Yeah. And yeah. so, so you, you read those accounts of the relationship, in inverted commas, that some of those women had with Harvey Weinstein afterwards. And mm. it doesn't fit our very neat preconceptions of how people should, be, should behave. And ditto mm. with Jim. But Jim mm. was a child when it happened to him and he lived, you know, in a time and a culture where sex just wasn't even talked about full stop, let mm. alone abuse, you know. Mm. So, I, and I think that was, you know, I think you're right to connect the two things. But for me, it's not about the perpetrators. It's about victims and how they live with the effects of abuse and how they react and we need to be able to open our hearts and our and our minds to the different ways of which how people cope or not with the mm. ramifications of, of abuse. Mm. Uh, moving on from Babson Trek. Oh, just before I move on. Now, you're from St. Lucia, mate. Oh, I'm so sorry for you. Now, the thing is, loose, it's, it's, it's a big thing. People from the island of Jamaica in the Caribbean, we're, we're sophisticated. We're from a big island, right? It takes about four hours to get from one end of Jamaica to another. St. Lucia, about 25 minutes. Pebble in the Caribbean. <laughs> There's a real snobbery between Jamaicans and uh, people from the Dominica, uh, Dominica or St. Kitts, St. Lucia, because we all say they're small island people. They're yokels. So... You stop there with your St. Lucian ways. Um, there's me sophisticating you up, thinking that you're Jamaican. Sorry about that, Trev. I'll never make that mistake again. Hello, Lucy, Royfield and Dantidam World. Uh, I'm calling in the middle of the day and the archers for the week is not yet done, but I thought I'll use the silent moment so I don't sound like speaking from the broom cupboard like last week. And I was really <laughs> glad to be called quietly eccentric. I think that fits it very, very much. Thank you, Lucy. <laughs> I'm very proud of this little title. Um, my kids... Uh, have started following me around because I find really, really funny when I uh, close my door and uh, start bubbling for two minutes in English. So, well, <laughs> I have to hide away and keep my secret. You wanted to know what the archers would be in German, and it's a bit of an awkward translation. It's die Bogenschützen. <laughs> Archery as a sport is Bogenschießen. And there is a second name, Schutz or Schütze. But, well, nobody knows the archers in Germany anyway. Quite a scandal, isn't it? But, well, so that's my little secret and I keep it to myself. And maybe one day I will uh, found a community of German archers listeners. But that's way in the future. I have responded to Royfield's request and sent in a um, nose flute recording again. So <laughs> I can say it's me almost done for this week. I think that storyline that must not be named maybe is 
past and that's good and I was ignoring it I was team ignore it and I think everything's <laughs> going in a quite nice direction so well I'm looking forward to the next storylines have a nice week day and see you soon bye bye from Germany just bye uh, Lucy Lisa. Yeah. Oh, I'm so in love with Iris. I love this woman. <laughs> I've got hardcore emotions for her. <laughs> Thank you, Iris, in it for, for everything that you do. Oh, you wonderful human being. So she thinks that the the B storyline is is finished. Mm, it's hard, hardly finished, is it? Not really. I mean, I am damned if I... I mean, I know this episode I've been calling it the B at, partly just because I'm trying to sort of... I'm talking about that storyline. But it's always going to be the bull for me. It's I'm never going to be able to think of it as a typographical treatment, my arse. (laughs) It's ridiculous. You know, it's just nonsense. It's the bull. Mm, It is. It is just the bull. Can Can I make a pedantic point as well? Oh, please do. You're on a podcast, so there's no time limits here. The hell is happening to Lillian's business? Why is she always at the pub when they have no customers? And her business, that's actually the one that's supposed to be, you know, making money for her, as opposed to losing money for her, which is what the bull is. Why is she, why is she, you know, why are there three of them behind the bar in an empty pub when the thriving business she does have no one's doing it mm. she doesn't have Anthea she doesn't have anybody yeah, but, what is the hell is going yeah, on yeah but Luce I think you've just uh, explained her thriving business is thriving so she doesn't need to be there 24-7 but it doesn't thrive it, it, mm. she's not there 24-7 she's not there 1-7 well, she's just not doing it she never talks about it she never goes to see any properties Luce, she's not buying a, any she's simple not selling answer, any simple answer it's called sloppy plotting. It's called very... Sloppy splotting. That's what it is. Sloppy, sloppy splotting. plotting. And Anthea is such a tremendous character as well. They introduced her as, you know, a snowflake in summer. Like, she's just gone. And she was, she was funny. She, you, you understood the business. You understood the relationship between Justin and Lillian business-wise because of her... She's a great foil to have in the background of Lillian's life. It's bad plotting is what it is. However, it does make sense to me that, let's say, Lillian... We we have no real sense that Lillian thinks that this is anything other than a great idea to change the name of the bull. But maybe her continued presence is her actually... Uh, being very nervous about it and realising that she might have made a major mistake. Maybe, maybe, mm. maybe. But anyway, I'm not talking mm. about this storyline. No. So no, um, yeah, we got a total embargo on all B in Ambridge bullshit storylines on this podcast. If you want to hear about the B in Ambridge, uh, yeah, go and listen to another podcast because we, we don't talk about it. All right, here we go. Um, upper Lower East West Side mentioned this person. He's from the Garden State. It's our Merlin. He's a vet, don't you know? Hello, everyone in Dumpty Dumland. This is Merlin speaking. First off, apologies for not leaving a message last week. I normally call in on a Sunday. Uh, last Sunday at three o'clock in the morning, I 
was suddenly taken with acute vomiting and diarrhoea. And for 36 hours, my best friend was a was made of porcelain. The good news oh. is I lost two kilos in weight. Yay! The bad news, <laughs> my taste buds have still not recovered and gin and tonic just tastes weird at the moment. Anyway, wow. let's move on to something a bit more uh, archers related. Been an interesting week in veterinary news. There's been a lot of talk about castration and that took me back to our discussions about, um, about Tony and the bullocks. But this was... This has been discussion about lambs and about the use of anaesthetics and welfare. So it's very good to see that that's all becoming more more consideration and people are moving on that. But talking about the archers and veterinary, really frustrated with Alistair. I personally have thought for a while he should retire. But indiscriminate use of, an anti- of antibiotics, I think there might be an infection mm. in Hector Yabul. Um, mm. Really... In this day and age, vets, especially in the UK, have made massive efforts to reduce how many antibiotics are being used on farm. And there are ways to know whether there are, uh, if there's a chronic infection, you're going to be able to tell through blood samples, things like that. You'd certainly want to investigate further. You'd want to know what you are treating so you could actually target a proper antibiotic. So very frustrating on that side. The nice thing is it's been a very friendly week, hasn't it? So we can all be happy because everyone seems to be in love. Well, almost, apart from Lillian and Linda, which just continues to be annoying. Thank you, everyone. Bye-bye, Merlin. I'm so sorry you've been multitasking, Merlin. That doesn't sound very nice at all. Um, But I completely agree with you about, without knowing anything about um, vetty things, Mm. when he said, oh, he might have have an infection... Let's just give him antibiotics. I'll go and get the antibiotics. I was like, do you not test to see if he's got an an, uh, (laughs) infection before you just dole out the bloody antibiotics? Mm. Um, And uh, I was talking to a very nice lady called Elizabeth Campion at the Academic Archers, and she um, specialises in land law and she's into horses as well and she said the solicitor stuff drives are absolutely bonkers on the archers because it's not researched properly the conflict of interest stuff in with in terms of usha representing everybody for everything you know she stands she represents somebody that uh, while knowing both parties involved it's absolutely nuts and she said also the horse stuff She said the way they dealt with the laminitis was, she said it's a really, really serious thing and it didn't, it, it didn't. And she said, uh, Shula was talking about a bridle when she should have been talking about a harness or the other way around. <coughs> and um, yeah, I think maybe it's less of an agricultural story editor and more of a vet story editor that they need mm. at the moment. But we did mention this a couple of weeks ago that we have to, suspend disbelief on some of the minutiae of the storylines because you know but we were saying at the academic archers that that when it's your thing it clangs really loudly Mm. as you know it's like when i'm sure it did for you you know when they managed to get an app up and running in (laughs) 10 days (laughs) really okay (laughs) yeah well i'm still waiting for somebody to mention you know whilst they're uh tilling the field that they're listening to a podcast. Oh. But anyway, uh, mobile phones have only just made an appearance in the last couple of years in Ambridge. So, you know, they are somewhat behind the eight ball when it comes to technology. Right, so that's Merlin. Uh, nice to know that you're um, at least uh, 
a, a little bit better in the old tummy department, if not in the taste bud department. But that always is the, the beneficial side effect of having a touch of the deli bellies, isn't it? That you do drop a bit of weight and stuff. All of a sudden, trousers that you're struggling to put on, you know, fit you perfectly. So thumbs up for diarrhoea is what I say. <laughs> Hello. Um, young Keith here, calling a couple of bits and bobs, uh, really, not too much to say. Mainly the thing is that um, I'm now obsessed with Jacob and um, love him and everything about him. But I was really annoyed with Alistair um, this week, sort of gossiping, gossiping to Ruth about Jacob's private life and his relationship mm. with Kate and stuff like that. And I actually thought that wasn't very realistic. I don't think Alistair would gossip like that. And I don't think Ruth would care about Jacob's private life. And the whole thing just didn't sit very well with me at all. And um, I'll briefly mention, um, what's her name? Linda. And not mentioning... Um, whatever the grandkids called visit and i've got to say it did string quite it did ring quite true to me uh my there's some issues in my family with uh my sister her kids my mum the other grandmother and uh that kind of game playing does come up quite a lot and uh, i quite like that it was quite uh quite true <laughs> and i think that would run quite true in a lot of families and the last thing was a bit of a different one i was watching a f- quite a good film i know it's a kid's film but i was watching it um called something along the lines of the boy that would be king and there's a really good character in it and i was thinking god this sounds familiar I was thinking, who is this who's this actor and it just dawned on me could it be it couldn't be it was josh archer which he was fantastic in this film i've got to say and uh it's made me like him ever so slightly more and the thought of him riding around on his bike that the two combined make make, do i actually like josh archer i don't know i don't know josh archer is played by uh angus imry who is the son of celia imry of uh victoria wood fame and not just victoria wood obviously but a lot of other stuff um and she's an amazing actress, I think, and you can see where he gets it from. Yeah, no, he is good. He is good. The whole Josh with his tail in between his legs uh, for the last few weeks, I think, has been very well played. But also with him realising the ramifications of his of his actions, what they could have done to the whole business. Yeah. You know, he's very. He said very clearly to Ben. I feel sorry, I put everything in jeopardy, etc, etc. So it'd be interesting to see um, where uh, Josh goes, you know, the the blossoming of post-dodgy Josh goes in Mm. terms of Mm. um, his relationships with everybody down there at Brookfield. Competitive grandparenting. (laughs) Oh, yeah, go on. I, well, I don't want to talk... I haven't got anything to say about that, really, but... Oh, me either. The the gossipy thing... Mm. I actually think that's right. Alistair has form for being quite gossipy. Um, he's talked about... He used to sort of gossip a bit with Shula and talk about his clients. Um, well, apart from, apart from just that, remember, Alistair actually is Ruth's brother-in-law. Yeah, 
But Ruth is really gossipy. Ruth really <laughs> loves the, the 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 children used to say um, her children used to talk about oh mum will mum will know mum you know mm. it won't take long for mum to find out sort of thing, and she's like the acceptable face of Susan Carter really Ruth. So it's you know it mm. makes perfect sense oh, that she would. Uh, I don't know about that. Luz. Come she's on, she's not now. that bad. She doesn't. Come on, she doesn't pass it on. No, but she doesn't off like. Hey, there you go. Things. She doesn't pass yeah. it on, and Ruth doesn't start a rumor. But she'll listen no. to some tittle-tattle. Yes, yes. She'll listen to it. As that old saying goes, if you've got nothing nice to say, come and sit by me. That's, <laughs> <laughs> That's really funny. Oh, well done, you. Uh, maybe you. As always, you're making me titter. Now, from young Keith, we go uh, to, hmm, well, yes, this caller. Hi. This is um, fake Jesus, really. I must admit, I was very touched when Iris expressed concern about me. Joseph, you are not Austrian. I thought, well, that's me, Joel, isn't it? (laughs) (laughs) Yes, well, you can call me Alpine Joe from now. Any PG Woodhouse uh, fans will know immediately what that refers to. Anyway, hello, Roy Field, DC and Iris. My posting energised her into um, action uh, and news fruiting. So, you know, <laughs> few lucky people. <laughs> Meanwhile, plot predictions. Well, um, yeah, I can see Kate and Mr. Um, uh, Asperger. She took the pregnancy pretty well, actually. I thought he was going to go all mental on, on her. But, of course, she is mental. So um, he, he is strangely attracted to her because she's a wild... Mustang stallion roaming through the Californian desert, and here's a stay-at-home uh, Coronation Street watcher. So <clears throat> there we go. Anyway, bye. Mm. Bye. I d- Where are you with Kate and Jacob right now? Let's just forget the fact that he he seems to be winning over the hearts and the minds of the of the listeners because of the way he took the fatherhood Mm. news and then with the fact that you know he did chase Kate and say no he still wants to be in a relationship with her where do you Mm. actually stand with the construct of them actually being in a relationship because I call bullshit on every level I just don't believe (laughs) I like them together I think Mm. it makes for interesting radio I enjoy it but it reminds me that I'm listening to something which has been put together in a writing room. Because I don't really I believe it would happen in the real I, world. If, if I may use a metaphor. Oh, okay. Ish. Um, I am quite a control... I'm not as bad as Yakult, but I'm quite a control freaky person. Right. And... Oh, sorry? I said right. And... When people say to me, you must, you, you must go to India, you would love it. And I say, why would I love it? And they say, oh, the smell and the chaos and the crowds and my stomach, I can actually feel my stomach going into a knot. When they say, even when I say it, I can feel it going. And I think in my head, I would love to go to India. I know in my heart I would loathe every second of it because of the because of the chaos. Mm. And I'm sure Yakult would like to think that he 
could have a relationship with somebody as unbounded as Kate, but in reality, I think it would kill him. And he couldn't, he couldn't do mm. it. So I think it's incredibly unrealistic. And I think it is exactly as you say, entirely confected in a writer's room. And it is, but it is in the grand tradition of screwball comedy. It's Howard Hawks and bringing up baby. You know, it's Catherine Hepburn and Cary Grant racing around the countryside in a, you know, with a dinosaur bone sticking out the back of the car. Mm. And he says to her, it's not you in quieter moments. I quite like you. Unfortunately, there haven't been any quieter moments. And that's exactly what it's like with, with Yakult and Kate. But that was in the 1940s and it was a screwball comedy. It was not real. And it's also, you know, What's Up Doc, Barbara Streisand and Ryan O'Neill. It's that kind of juxtaposition of characters which works brilliantly in screwball comedy. It's not realistic in a, in a, in a soap opera that, that purports to be daily life everyday life mm. the, the other thing about putting together characters that um have very different temperaments is that their situational closeness needs to be believable and the sorry mm. the reason for their situational closeness so mm. alistair jazza and jim mm. it makes sense that they are cohabiting in mm. in the outset even mm. though they're very different people uh, very obviously Alistair and Jim it's father and son Alistair was married he needed somewhere to live etc and then we have um Jazza who was Jim's tenant so that makes what about what about Tracy and Oliver because we're heading in that direction too aren't we but they have but that fundamentally that's a work but that's the same kind of but that, that's the same kind of odd couple scenario though isn't but it it makes sense it's a slight leap that oliver would have put her on reception it's a mm. slight leap mm. you know mm. but it's it's an employer an employee so you can have different character sets mm-hmm. what i don't believe about this is that they would embark on a relationship which lasts and they and they are so different. I, mm. I, I. Don't, it doesn't need to be a stretch for me that they can have a one night stand or maybe even a week of furious bonking, and then mm. just go. My God, you're weird. No, you're weird. No, you're yeah. a freak. No, you're. Re- but they can't. It's not sustainable. Mm. Mm. Kate is too Kate, and Jacob is too Jacob. Yeah, and and I thought that the this the week when Kate was round at his, and she was going and and she was just being Kate and not realizing that everything in Jacob's flat has its place, mm. and he needs it to be in its place. I thought, mm. well, surely that's there to show us that they cannot cohabit. There was no, mm. but they can be in a relationship without cohabiting. I would agree normally, but Jacob needing everything to be in its place mm. and for it to be measured with a millimeter ruler yeah. is yeah. just the physical manifestation of how his mind works. Everything. So it's like Kate and Roy wouldn't be that much of a stretch. Kate and Jacob is just that little bit too far. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and funny yeah. enough, you know, Roy, it's, it's interesting that you bring up Roy now because obviously Roy has said, my life is boring. 
Why, why yeah. am I here? Why am I doing Excel spreadsheets? Yeah. And Roy needs for something to be thrown at his life. Mm. He always has yeah. done. It's half the reason why, yeah. you know, he fell in bed with, with Lizzie. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But Jacob, no, Jacob, rightly or wrongly, feels that he has the majority of life's questions answered. And yeah. he has a way of which the world makes sense for him. And he can operate within that. Kate is completely the opposite. She's totally boundaryless. Again, I get it that they could maybe meet at a party and, and Jakob is a little bit tiddly or the other way around and they could meet and have one night, maybe a week of passion, maybe even um, a relationship of sorts. But as soon as they cohabit, all over. And actually, yeah. I would say any relationship that they have of any length, it's all over. They're too mm. different. However, mm. it makes for fun radio when you hear them together i just don't mm -hmm. believe it in the real world yeah yeah um thank you for that mr alpine joe and uh for making us think more from alpine joe later because uh i like him now he's called alpine joe. <laughs> I like him. um there's more music coming on in this in this week's episode there's more nars and fluten and also we have um a soon-to-be hit number from Iris's band, which will uh, play out at the end of the show. And there's more Alpine Joe. But before we do that, we're going to end with our last caller in era, and it's our Emily. Hi, Dumpsdum. This is Emily phoning from the Abu Dhabi desert. Um, just a quick one. Wanted to call to talk about the Johnny storyline. And I think it's a great storyline. We need to live in a place, in a world, where people can talk about things. It doesn't matter what your age is, what your gender is, what your race is, what your background is. We have to give people a space where they can talk and be listened to whatever the problem is that they're worrying about. And so that's why I think it's great that they're doing this with Johnny because, you know, he's been portrayed as a character that's fairly good looking. He's clearly in good physique if he's a farmer. Um, and actually, this is an issue. And we can disagree whether that's important or not. It's not about that. It's about being a society where people are heard when they have an issue and it's just so important you know you look at the stats particularly for male suicide and it's so devastatingly sad mm. so i think what the archers have done with this with the gym storyline you know also with elizabeth's depression is really important and actually it sort of makes me a bit sad that people are going oh get over it johnny on the internet or twitters or whatever because we all have issues and actually mm -hmm. they need to be heard because your feelings matter. So anyway, that, that's my opinion on it. So hats off to the archers. I really hope they do this storyline justice uh, very quickly. Freddie, just tell Linda, come on, you know, it doesn't matter. She's not going to tell anyone yeah. or swear it to secrecy. Anyway, thank you. Love the podcast. As you know, um, speak soon. Bye. Uh, Lucy, is that, Emily that was the nanny in Paris? No. Okay. This is Emily that start. Where was she before? She was somewhere before and now she's moved. Hmm. I, I, I knew she was somewhere else before, but I, I've got my Emily's mixed up. So, so sorry, Emily, uh, who used to be the nanny in Paris. Emily, um, who's in the desert, why don't you uh, call in next week and let us know where you used to be before because it's really like taxing my brain. Um, 
I'll quickly say this and I'll defer to you, Freeman. It's noticeable that we are having um, more storyline to do with mental health. Mm-hmm. Yes, there was Helen. Then there was Lizzie. Then there was Will. And then now there is Johnny. And we've had three prominent storylines about mental health in what the last 18 months which just goes which goes alongside with our with society's growing recognition and acceptance that um this is an epidemic within within all of our Mm. communities now but also that we can be comfortable to be able to talk about it and to say that we suffer uh you know through 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 mental illness but um and 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 i it just it just occurred to me that the the whole johnny uh storyline is just another in kind of important marker that yeah. um yeah and uh, of that but then also that and i know we've i've said this way back when but you know as, as emily said the rates of male suicide it's it's a silent epidemic it really yeah. is, you know, yeah. for a whole load of societal, cultural, generational issues, young men and middle-aged men, actually, um, five times more than, than women choose to end their lives, you know. And we're not mm. saying that Johnny's anywhere near that right now, but it starts with small things, fe- yeah. feeling inadequate. Um, feeling marginalized etc so well that is it's just whatever if it's the thing that manifests is the thing that is manifested is just the peg that you've chosen to hang Mm. the insecurity on Mm. so it's either your weight or your loss hair loss or your you know um, uh, anxiety or shyness or inability to do a thing that you wish you could do or you know it's there's always um it, it's 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 just get getting to sort of figure out what that what that starting point for that inadequacy is or for that feeling of of anxiety around a particular issue um and I also found it quite interesting on on social media that there was a lot of people very glibly and saying, as as Emily said, saying, "Oh, get over it, get over yourself." Blah, 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 blah. And I noticed after the Jimus storyline where he said, when Alistair said to him, "So, do you want to go and talk? Do you want to go and tell the police about what happened to you?" Hmm. And he decided not to. There was a brief flurry of tweets and people being quite it was quite startling saying one said Jim you coward and it was quite sort of aggressive almost and I just thought I just wondered if there was a lot of projection going on there Mm. and people who feel maybe that they feel anxious about something in their own lives uh, and they're, you know, projecting a bravado they don't... They're wanting to see a bravado that they don't feel themselves in other people. So I don't think... Yeah. 
I agree. As you know, as is my want, I go. I agree, Freeman. I agree. Um, as I said, you know, with the whole kind of Harvey Weinstein thing, um, and you read those reports of what happened post the abuse, post the rapes, post the sexual assaults, and it doesn't fit a very neat narrative. It doesn't. That doesn't mean that it didn't happen, though. That's the thing. And it doesn't mean that it didn't affect that person in really terrible and detrimental ways. And this is, for me, one of the aspects where the show has been very clever and very brave. Because if this was a more uh, tropically written docu-soap, Jim would have trotted on down to the police station while Jason was alive and yeah. would have had his moment in court pointing at Jason and whatever and said, I've got you back for the abuse that you, you know, put me through 60 odd years yeah. ago, you bastard. Life isn't that neat. No. And that's what this has taught us. You know, and, and this is great. This is a, an example of great writing and plotting. Not the nonsense that we're having with the whole Bean Ambridge and stuff. But this is to show us that things are not necessarily neat and can't just be tied up and finished uh, neatly um, because of our own kind of demands. We're human beings. We act in different ways. And Jim is anything but a coward. What he was is a man of his age and culture Mm. and he didn't know all those years those 60 odd years that there was somewhere where he could go with these feelings of uh utter anger that this was done to him you know you know remember he's a man of 70 70 plus or 80 come on you know things aren't so neat right loose do we have any emails um, do you know I haven't checked have we got yeah, any I've, I've sent you at least two <laughs> if not three. <laughs> oh crap okay um, well I'll tell you what why don't we do this hold the line caller we, we can we can do this in um, a non-traditional dum-de-dum way why don't we say let's have a break chillax camp coffee have a touch of the yokel bears on the social media whilst yokel bear is doing his things you can furiously go through your inbox and pull out those emails I've sent you and then post Yokel okay. Bear, you read them out before okay. we do mirror headlines. I All right. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. 
So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hello, Dumpty Dum, it's Yoko Bear here calling with the social media roundup for the week. We started the week with the most pointless people's poll we've ever done. We asked the question, would you move in with Hannah? Because obviously Freddie's going to move in there. To say it was a foregone conclusion would be an understatement. 94% of you said, no way am I moving in with Hannah. But 6% said they would. Um, and a big shout out to Dee Dickens, uh, otherwise known as Goddess Diva, who said she would move in with Hannah, but only for, you know, some sexy time. Now, talking of annoying people like Hannah, let's talk about Kate. Um, I was a bit put out this week when she was saying about all, you know, having another child would have given her a chance to get it right this time. And I was shouting at the radio, um, look, just look after your own bloody kids, the ones you've got already. Alex Russell said she's a narcissist and is never going to do anything unless it's for her own benefit. Now, our very own Witherspoon, who's like qualified, says textbook examples of narcissism. Melissa Williams replied (laughs) to, to Witherspoon saying you don't need a fancy Princeton degree to come up with that one. Jacqueline Arnold said the trouble with Kate is is that she's suffering from undiagnosed postnatal disinterest (laughs) i really did quite like that tweet uh post and i think yvonne summers just hit the nail on the head for everyone which where she said agreed it seems like kate is only interested in kids until they're old enough to form their own parents and then they realize she's a shite (laughs) mum now before we move on um there is one comment from this particular subject that i did want to to read out it's from suyin jordan and it's my don't hold back say it as you say it as you mean it post of the week so yin said she's the most stupidest most self-centered non-self-aware person ever with hoity-toity brown rice and sandals values goodness gracious when did she train to be a massage therapist yogi life coach vagina steamer i thought she was doing some kind of business studies it's all a bit too far-fetched and pretentious now let's talk about trace her screaming Brad up the stairs was an absolute joy. Now, Helena Bennett, brilliant post this was this week about uh, Tracy when she said, I was interested in what Tracy said about Roman wanted to improve himself. I think it gives us a strong insight into her own character. For example, how she challenged herself at the role of Grey Gables or how she doesn't want to repeat the, uh, the mistakes of past relationships. She's very smart. Now, I absolutely agree with this. Helena, I think you're absolutely on the money here because... Mm. Listening to this week, I suddenly realised, oh my God, in terms of kind of sheer common sense, I think Trace is the, 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 
the most intelligent person in Ambridge. She's really got it, hasn't she? Mind you, at Dumpty Dum Towers, we are huge Tracy fans. Now, Sandra Jenkinson did said, I have a problem. <laughs> Having seen Susie on, on the YouTube channel, and by the way, get along to the YouTube channel, subscribe, please. She said, Having seen Susie on the YouTube channel, she doesn't look like Tracy. And I've got to admit, when we met um, Susie in real life at Dumpty Dum Live, I was a bit kind of like, Oh, you don't look like Tracy. But I tell you what, you spend a bit of time, you know, seeing um, Susie on stage there, you're talking away. You can see flashes of Tracy um, and it's just brilliant. Just uh, such good character. Now, we also this week had the naming ceremony and I saw on the Twitter feed for the, the Sunday Omnibus, there was a bit of a, um, a kind of debate about, you know, naming ceremonies, humanist ones or non-religious ones, better or worse or whatever. And that was quite interesting. But what we talked about this week, now, what would you write on a piece of paper for Xander? Now, I'm just going to say something. My mother phoned me this week. She's a huge... She's been listening to the Archers for years. But she <laughs> phoned me this week and she said, what's uh, Ian and uh, uh, Ian Adam's son's name? I said, it's Xander. She said, Xander? I said, yeah, Xander. She went, like electric Xander. <laughs> no, mother, it's spelt with a Z. No, it's an X, isn't it? God, I even got that wrong. So what would you write for future Xander? Jerry Rowley said, don't dump any toxic effluent in the am. Um, that could equally be our euphemism of the week, maybe. General advice from Ellen O'Connell, ignore your Aunt Kate's guidance. Oh, God, yeah, she's guide parent, isn't she? A couple of people, including uh, Charles Aptaker, or Aptaker, sorry, um, and Karen Cunningham, just basically said, run, Xander, run. And Stephen Bowden said, don't listen to Radio 4 at 7 in the evening or 2 in the afternoon. Janice Betson pointed out as well, said, don't listen to the Archer scriptwriters who deliberately put out an atheist story on Ash Wednesday. Matthew Penny said, claim your Bulgarian passport. <laughs> That's a point, actually. Would, would Sander be a joint citizen? Now, Wendy Merrick won this thread when she said... Don't take sweets from Freddie and don't ask Johnny why he wears a hat. <laughs> we also noted on the Facebook this week that this has actually been a really nice week in Ambridge. There's a lot of love going around, a lot of kind of people getting back together and the whole thing, the conversation with Jazza and Jim and Alistair and that hug. I can only imagine how awkward it was between Jim and Shula. Now, Sue Popple said... What a refreshing change. Back to some nice episodes. Kate and Yakult were lovely and finally plausible. Jim's story, lovely closure, and great with the Shula hug. Um, not too much idiot storylines. There was the Kirsty, uh, Philip and Roy thing was lovely. And Lillian and Linda were nicely spiky with Robert nearly growing a pair there. End of the week, I posted saying, I love a good long-running feud, so I'm starting to enjoy the Lillian and Linda conflict. Well, did I get put in my place? Yvonne McKenzie said, absolutely not. It's pointless and it's making me dislike both of them. Jean Bell says, it's no, it's sad and, and unedifying. And most other people agreed that it was just like kind of out of character, not very nice and a bit 
tedious. Though Linda Curtis uh, did agree with me and said, me, it's brilliant when it all kicks off. But no, I think you're right. Actually, uh, thinking about it, it is kind of really out of character. So that was the week in Ambridge. So there was kind of fights and nice stuff and a lot of love out there. And my mum thinking that the newest addition to Ambridge is an electric sander. (laughs) On that note, I'm going to go. So, And uh, the lovely Millibel will be with you next week. Bye. Bye. Bye-bye, Mr. Bear. Um, have you got your email sorted now? Uh, I have. Uh, it's from Richard Keeling, mm-hmm. um, who is our um, keeper of the Dumpty Dates. Uh, so Richard is uh, the one who sends um, us birthday reminders of um, of uh, characters' birthdays, uh, anniversaries, wedding anniversaries, anniversaries of deaths, all things like that. Um, and he said he's a first time emailer in era. He said, I am not sure what the etiquette is, but he's giving us the details anyway. Started listening in 2016, which makes him a Lexi. <laughs> the first big storyline I remember is Kirsty losing her baby. I was compelled to write in after uh, the episode when Roy opened up to Kirsty about what I assumed was depression. Um, oh, I thought this sounds like the start to an interesting storyline that could develop over the next few months and really tackle some hard hitting topics. Instead, what we got was Kirsty going from not inviting Roy to her wedding to Roy being the best man. Thinking about this could send him into a spiral of depression. So maybe that story isn't a storyline, isn't a loss after all. I just found it very difficult to believe that Kirsty, who had lived with Roy, hadn't thought to invite him to her wedding and he ended up getting a pity invite rather than a sincere invite. <laughs> Come on, Kirsty, you're better than this. No offence to Roy, but I hope this is the beginning of a much bigger storyline rather than his mood being fixed by a pity invite. I was surprised that no one suggested his sad mood may have been caused by the pub's name change. Keep up the good work, Richard Keeling. Thank you for all the the um, anniversaries and things that you do, by the way, Richard, on, on Twitter. You're very conscientious. And uh, it's always interesting because things always happen. It's really hard to guess i think because like it in your own life you think you know i still think of the 90s as being about a fortnight ago and um it's things like that when you suddenly you know when he said that he'd been listening since 2016 Hmm. uh, which is when lexi arrived and i thought lexi was much more recent than that 2016 seems yonks ago uh so it's always sort of a bit of a shocker when you find out how either mm. recent or far away things were um i like the fact that he's the keeper of the dumdy dates it sounds very yes. august it sounds like there's been a long line of keepers of the dumdy dates that go back for eons but actually yes. it's been about a month yeah uh, and it sounds like he wears knee breeches and has to exactly things like that yeah <laughs> powdered wig <laughs> maybe he does we don't know here maybe he just the goes around walking. dates yeah. <laughs> It's like Black Rod or something. Yeah. Keep it off. <laughs> um, I tell you what, just on the whole Black Rod thing. Mm. You, Is that your if, porn name? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's Brown Rod. Come on. Come on, Lucy. <laughs> I wouldn't know. <laughs> You've been up the sharp end of my rod before, Freeman. Come on. I failed. God. No, but whenever there's a state opening of Parliament, my American friends always ridicule the whole black rod thing, you know. It's like, oh, come on, what's all that about? And you have to give them the whole, you know, the whole history lesson, the symbolism that, you know, the the, the monarch cannot go into uh, go into the House of Commons because it shows that in the sovereignty, the power actually truly lies with the people. But, it, but it's always... 
state opening of parliament, I'll always get some Americans sniggering and saying, oh, you Brits, you're hidebound by your ridiculous traditions and your, you know, your knee britches and your, and your tomfoolery. I, I just say that because we're in the middle of an American election and uh, things are happening apace. Amy Klobuchar has dropped out uh, today. Mayor Pete has thrown in the towel. It's going to be Biden and Sanders duking it out to be uh, the leader of the free world uh, come November um, up against uh, the orange man. Anyway, I, I, I'm wishing on. I'm going to say no more. Do we have another email, Lucy? No. Oh, great. All right, then. Uh, why don't you hit us with some headlines? Okay. Uh, this is from Mama Foof. Tukes be mustard balls seek protected status. <laughs> I don't know who Tukes be mustard balls is, but I wish him well. Um, this one was sent by an American listener whose name completely escapes me and mm. now I can't open it so I can't even tell you what it was rally against apathy draws small crowd that was from Oklahoma City mm. and <laughs> the one that was I can't, I've lost count of the amount of people that sent me this I loved oh, okay. it it was from the independent mm-hmm. children evacuated from swimming pool after prosthetic leg mistaken for paedophile <laughs> <laughs> Right. Thank you uh, for those, Arlous. Why don't you do Tweets of the Week? Because we've got music to end our show. I want to get to the good bit. Okay. Not that the Tweets of the Weeks aren't good. Uh, Don't take that inference from what I've just said. Because I really enjoy the Tweets of the Week. Oh, shut your face, Royfield. I do. Okay. I'm trying to do the Tweets. Shush now. Shh. Andy D, make the tea. Mm-hmm. Save the life story for Desert Island Discs, Roman. We've got a long morning ahead. <laughs> <laughs> Richard listening. I wouldn't really like Shula running her hand over my fatty deposits. That's all the same. Um, a bit buddish. This is genius. Mm. Roman is going to join the village cricket team. And I read about it in Gibbon's Decline of the Roman Umpire. <laughs> <laughs> Dominic Young. Is he really called Roman? Says Shula, the twin of Kenton. Yes, that is a good point. Uh, Dino Goldie. So Yakult is making a fist of it with Kate. But it's never a good <gasps> sign when a vet asks, where's my watch? <laughs> <laughs> That's horrible. And Michelle Laverick. Is this Tweet of the Week? Tweet of the Week, yeah. Oh, wait a minute. That's, that's the wrong sound effect. That's the wrong sound effect. God damn it. Okay, here we go. All right. Uh, is that Tweet of the Week? It is. As you were. Will Kate be lighting her own brand vagina candles at the naming ceremony? (laughs) (laughs) Oh. (laughs) There's a thought to end on. Well done, you, Freeman. Uh, It's been been a great show. Um, It's time we need to bring proceedings to an end. It's it's been a good one this week. I've had a caller in or is done their things we've had lots of non-caller innerers so if you're a non-caller innerer why don't you get rid of the uh of the uh, the non-bit and become one uh by caller in next week because and also i'm gonna have to go off and read that pg Witas book again of the the one where the alpine the one that's got alpine joe in it and you... major plank and the zulu knob kerry because <laughs> he's made me want to read all that again <laughs> 
<laughs> Folks, go to dumdydum.com. It's got a shop. It's got our oh, Lucy and a week in Ambridge um, on, on video form, which uh, we take from our YouTube channel. So you can either go on to dumdydum.com to go and view our Lucy there. Or you can just go straight to source, so to speak, and just go straight onto the YouTubes and uh, subscribe to our channel because we need to get up to a thousand. And I'll let you into a little bit of a secret. When we get up to a thousand, it means that uh, we actually get paid by YouTube. It's only going to be about top and tape, penny. It's not going to be much, but anything helps. Any little bit helps. So let, help us to get there. Uh, by going on to the YouTubes and uh, subscribing to uh, to the channel. And don't forget to hit that little bell icon because then that reminds you um, that there is a new bit of content on the YouTubes and invariably be Lucy in front of her fireplace uh, with her penguins behind us, uh, giving us um, a very visual take on our last week in Ambridge. Uh, Patreon.com, you can go there. Uh, to also help the show and patreons you will be getting some content this week and something extra special from our lucy and from our harriet no so, no no not this week oh soon Ooh. soon soon all right Ooh, yes. scratch that back up boop, 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 boop. back in the <laughs> truck up right uh, you'll only get uh, lucy's year in ambridge exclusively uh, to our patreons people that give us two US dollars per show which is calculated if you have an English sterling account uh, like Patreon does that so you don't have to worry about it and uh, it comes out of your bank account once a month and uh, goes into ours and helps us to pay for stuff microphones lights all manner of things which are essential to the production that is dumpty dum so go on to patreon.com two dollars per episode it's not mandatory that you do it but lucy will give you hugs and cuddles the next time she's at the academic archers if you out yourself as a patreon she'll do that i uh, will i hugged everybody at this at this willy-nilly even could, they couldn't stop me even people i didn't you care who hugged they were i was an Nilly's indiscriminate willy. hugger what you hugged yes Nilly's yes willy. i did yes i did yes get in you you were busy in, in <laughs> reading weren't you <laughs> Um, so that's that. Uh, all right. Do you want to read some stuff out? Because I need to start queuing up all these last bits of uh, of the show. Okay. Remember to get in contact uh, with us. You can send us a voice message, courtesy of lovely Nicholas, via SpeakPipe on the website. Mm-hmm. Or you can call 0203-031-3105 to leave us a message. You can keep going, keep but going? I'll tell you what, just, just whilst you're here, because Nicholas, um, ever since we started the show, Nicholas has been providing this service for us for free. I'm just going to do this one more time. Well, hello, Dumpty Dummers everywhere. Nicholas Barnes from Vitel here. We're the company that provides, for absolutely no recompense at all, the telephone number you can call in and leave a message on. I just wanted to share with you a new feature we've added. You can now use the same telephone number to record a Dumpty Dum for the beginning of the show. It's clever, it's cool, and all the hip kids are doing it. (laughs) Simply call 0203-031-3105 and follow the prompts. You'll hear my dulcet tones guiding you through the whole thing. And when it comes to record the Dumpty Dum, you'll hear it in your ear while you're singing, humming, instrumenting, or, well, however you're performing it yourself. 
It's that easy. Oh, and it can be anonymous too. Nobody has to know it's you. Go on, give it a try. 0203-031-3105. Oh, there you go. And if you uh, are ever in need of some telephony services, it's vitel.com. Go there. Tell them that Lucy and Royfield sent you. Thank you very much, please. As you were, Lucy. Uh, I thought we'd... Oh, yeah, OK. And you can find Yokel Bear at Dumpty Dum uh, because he's much funnier than us and he does the uh, he does our... Um, uh, social uh, media stuff. Social media stuff. Yep. Thank you very much, Royfield. And I am at Lucy V. Freeman and Royfield can be found... I'm not outing my Twitter handle anymore because I'm crap on Twitter. Okay, and Royfield can't be found. <laughs> well, we I can be, but I'm just He's not missing. If you haven't listened to the last 318 episodes to know what my Twitter handle is, I ain't going to tell you now. You're not missing out on anything anyway. Facebook, because Lucy's not going to mention Facebook because she doesn't oh, like no. Facebook. So yeah. I'll go, Facebook, uh, if you want to join um, us on Facebook, simply type in Facebook into a browser of your choice, uh, log in to uh, that self-same platform, then in the search bar provided on Facebook, type in Dum-T-Dum, spelled D-U-M-T-E-E-D-U-M, and that will take you through to a whole page of stuff where Dumpty Dummers talk about the archers. So you can go do that, do that on Facebook. Lastly, there is the Flick app. And I'll go big ups to the Flick up posse. Well, Flick up? Flick app posse. <laughs> God, my teeth and my tongue have had a real argument with each other all the way through this episode. But let me try that again. Big ups to the Flick app posse. Um... That's where I go and like chill out and uh, and just like talk to people about stuff. Not always the archers, mostly. Sometimes it's dumdy dum related. And what was very lovely uh, this week on the Flick app was that somebody remarked that Angela Barnes will be too big to be on dumdy dum ever again because she's now doing the news quiz. But at mm. least we got her before she got too big. Of which I then told Angela. And Angela got straight back on and says, Oi, you're not getting rid of me that easily. I will never <laughs> give up my dumdy dum. So that was very lovely of you, Angela. Um, also, I just need to remind everybody before we go into Alpine Joe loaded some more Nars and Fluten, um, is that we have a date for the next dumdy dum live. If you're in and around Londinium on May the 16th which is a Saturday uh, we're going to be at King's Place which is at King's Cross at 4.30 and Emerald who plays Emma Grundy will be joining us on stage and there'll be Angela Barnes, there'll be Lucy and there could be other people as well besides, it's going to be a proper giggle you've got no excuses if you're in and around London and who isn't basically uh, you can get yourself down there tickets will go on sale soon uh, put that date in your diary now hmm. uh, is there anything which you'd like to say in closing before uh, Alpine Joe and uh, our Iris uh, round off the show 
Um, no, I uh, apart from t- uh, to say thank you so much um, to Dr. Nicola Headlam and Dr. Cara Courage for having me at the Academic Arches because I had a really lovely time and they're splendiferous people. Everybody there, it was great. Ah, I got a lovely WhatsApp from Mia from Newcastle with a lovely picture of you together. She's oh, I've just fan killed Lucy. She's so <laughs> wonderful. Whatever. And uh, Claire Asprey's like, oh my god, Lucy was so good. Whatever. So I I felt I was almost there. You know, all Aww. the all the WhatsApps that were flying into my phone on Saturday. So well done, Freeman. Extremely proud of you. Thank you for representing. Oh, you. No, it's lovely to be there. All of us dumdy dummers at the Academic Archers. Now, here is a little touch of Alpine Joe. Achtung, Alpine Joe here. I'm Mr. Hernesenfrutten. Although um, you've always thought with some uh, really complimentary, I think he's a bit mean asking her to do Primal Screams Loaded because this is what it is. Yes, that's what you want to do. We want to get loaded. We want to have a good time. Now, without further ado, Ryfield, here's to you. I just say it again. I think I'm in love with Iris in <laughs> Germany. <laughs> now, it, it wasn't uh, Primal Screams Loaded, but it was uh, St. Etienne's Only Love Can Break My Heart, which is in my top 10 all time favourite songs of all time. So, that seriously, I was totally floored. Thank you, Iris, and your for playing your Nasenfluten on my podcast. And um, in your honour, because I did have a, I did kind of Google stalk you and I see that you are part of a band, Iris. I thought we'd end this week's Dum De Dum with uh, one of your monster hits that you and your folk rock pop band have actually done over there in Deutschland. So this is this track is entitled Monsters Secret um, something or another. Anyway, it's good. It's hip. It's groovy. Get on your dancing shoes, have a bit of this. Schauen wir nicht gerne zu. 
Dann mahnen aufmerksame Männer.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.